Okay, so we're going to start then. We are in week two of this series, which is called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, a phrase that I made up, didn't come up from books or anything. Um, and it's about, so this month, as I said, I want to do a different type of series, a series that kind of shows some of the things we see in movies or in pop culture or reading in horror stories and stuff and where they existed in the Bible. And so last week, uh, we talked about an actual ghost, like an actual ghost that existed where King Saul called one and just what that meant and how that went. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about something else that goes with that, but through this series, we're going to talk about what that means for us and how we can learn from this and how we can learn from Jesus and everything. So this week uh, is The Conjuring, and we're going to talk about a possession. Um, but So we're going to start with Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, uh, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. Uh, no one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Um, and in other translations and in commentary, it also says that he was naked doing this. So it was not a pretty picture for anybody. It was crazy. Like, so there's this guy uh, walking along the cemetery, basically, walking among the tombs. And he's uh, naked, breaking chains. Like, there's probably chains hanging off of him. And he's yelling awful things. He's saying awful things. He's hurting people. He's hurting himself. He's just causing chaos. Um, one of the things that we see the most in horror movies and in pop culture and everything is demon stuff. Um, and... One of the things that gets lost sometimes is the entire point of demons is to cause chaos. And so that's what he's doing. That's what they're doing. They're possessing him. Spoiler alert. A demon is possessing him. Um, and so he lives in the burial cave. So you see right there, he's like attracted to death. Like imagine this life. Uh, everybody has kind of stayed away from him because of what's happening. Everybody is kind of uh, not going near him because of the danger, but also just because... Well, he's naked, but also just because like, he's kind of attracted to death and attracted to hurting himself and attracted to hurting others and just causing chaos. Uh, and it says he snapped the chain. So it shows he has like strength more than anyone but Rob has, like just being able to snap chains just like that and just pulling them out uh, and just cutting himself and howling and doing all of these things. So just imagine that you're walking along uh, like tonight when you go through your evening walk through a cemetery and like you're walking through, I know everybody does it, yeah. uh, you're walking through and you see like this guy, uh, and let's pretend that he's clothed for these purposes, and so you see this guy and he's just walking along and he's got chains, and so right away you're like, uh, I'm not going to go that way, this is pretty creepy, and then he starts yelling and hurting himself and like breaking things, and it's just like, that's nuts, and then to know that he's doing this every single day for such a long period of time. Uh, we focus on what that feels like for everybody else. We focus on what that looks like. We focus on what that seems like. But imagine being the guy who has no control in there. Because one of the things in possession is uh, the person still exists. Like the, the person's soul still exists in there. And so they are feeling all of this and seeing all of this. They just don't have any control. Uh, I don't know if anybody here has ever had sleep paralysis. But sleep paralysis is something that I've, I've had my, a lot several times over my life. Um, and what happens is basically... Your brain wakes up before your body is a simple way to put it. And so, like, let's say you're asleep and you wake up, but you're not awake. So, like, you can't move anything. But, like, you can kind of see the room as if it's around you. But your eyes 
are closed or half open or whatever, but it's just like you, you can't move. And so what often happens is you'll see like a shadow or something or you'll hear something and you just, you're freaking out and you can't move. And this happens to me sometimes. And it's just, it's, it's creepy. It's crazy. And so that's kind of what this possession is like for this guy. Like he's can't move himself. He's being moved for him and he's feeling all of this. Um, we go on. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Uh, for Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. So before I go on with that, um, the reason he says Jesus, the son of the most high God is twofold. Number one, he recognizes Jesus right away because demons know who Jesus is. Uh, but number two, there was a tradition, a superstition at that time that names brought power. Uh, that exists in pop culture today and in stories and stuff. You'll see this in fairy tales sometimes. Rumpelstiltskin, for example, like where a name, if you know the name of somebody or if you like horrible literature like DC stuff, uh, Mr. Mixpictolic, uh, who fights Superman, dumb. Anyway, um, uh, names bring power. And so if you say somebody's name, you have power over them. That was a tradition that people held. That was a superstition that people held. And so when he calls out, so you have a crowd of people kind of watching this. And he calls out Jesus, son of the most high God. We kind of know, even if you've never read the scripture before, you know where this is going, I think. Or else it's not a very good scripture to teach. But you know where this is going. And so we know Jesus has this. Like Jesus knows what he's doing. Jesus is God. The people there don't quite know him, but also as soon as the demon says his name, they're like, oh, he's got him. Like, this is done. Like, he knows his name. He knows who he is. He has power over him. And Jesus is like, then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And so you're like, oh, he's going to try to get it back. It's almost like watching a, a, a football game or a boxing match or a UFC match or a tennis match or a marching band concert, whatever thing you watch. And like they're going to the side, I guess this doesn't work as well with marching band, but it's going back and forth. And you're like, oh man, he's going at him. Like there's an uppercut. And so Jesus calls his name. And then he replied, my name is Legion uh, because there are so many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. Um, so Roman legions were 6,000 people. That does not mean necessarily that there are 6,000 demons inside this man. It just means that it was more than one. We have no idea how many. But he says that. That's not his name. That's just a description. And so they're like, oh, man, that's clever. Like, he, the, that, the demons are responding and tricking Jesus. Man, like, this is done. Like, this guy is done. We better get out of here. Like, they're watching. And they're like, I thought Jesus was this. And I thought Jesus was that. Because they're holding so tight to what they think. They're holding so tight to their traditions. They're holding so tight, so tight to their superstitions, to the things that they think, that they're not really paying attention to the fact that Jesus is just standing there. Like, he's not cowering. He's not walking away. The guy literally bows to him. The demon literally bows to him. And then he says, uh, it says he begged him. He begged Jesus to let him go. And that's key because that means that Jesus has power over everything. Um, I don't get scared of stuff uh, because there's something wrong with me probably, but I don't get scared with stuff. Uh, there are people that can make a long list of that, but there are, uh, I, I like, so I watch horror movies. I go to haunted stuff. Like I, when I was a kid, uh, well in high school, I used to go with a couple friends to different places that have urban legends or hauntings, like not tourist traps, but just like actual, actual, uh, haunted places. And we'd go and it'd be like, Hey, I dare you to go without your flashlight. And I would always do that. Cause I just don't get scared of stuff because I don't necessarily, it's not that I don't believe it in or do. It's just that I just do stuff. And so um, 
we get used to, well, if you do, and most people do, like we get used to this fear, this fear of what would happen here? What, how would this work? What if I can't get away? What if, uh, like, I do get possessed? What if, blah, blah, blah. I kind of told this story last week, but I'll tell it fully this week. Um, so I've said, stay away from Ouija boards, do, regardless of whether they're real or not. It's a good idea to stay away from them. Um, my sister used to be a Wiccan, and she used to mess with Ouija boards a lot back when she was way, way younger, like a long, long time ago. And uh, so she would mess with Ouija boards. Uh, she opened one, quote unquote, to like start, summon something. She talked to it, and then she didn't close it. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, good. If you do, you know what I'm saying. And so she didn't close it. And then that night, like when she went to bed, she had a sleep paralysis moment. But what was more than that, like she felt, she saw her body from above. Like she was above on the ceiling, kind of. And like there was something, some black shadow figure trying to get into her body. And like she told me that. And it could it be a dream? Absolutely. Could it be a thing of sleep paralysis? Absolutely. But it could also be like an almost possession. And so she stopped messing with them and like all of this stuff. But... We think about stuff like that from TV shows, from movies, from books, from haunting house, haunted houses, from haunt at King's Island, although that's not scary, but all these different things. Oh, I'm sorry, it is. All these different things. Uh, we think about this, and our, thought, our thoughts are both in fear and in this is what I believe will happen because this is what I've seen on TV, or this is what I think will happen because this is what's always happened on the stories or in TV or whatever. Um, but what's true is said right here. The demons needed permission from Jesus to even go away. Like, they needed his permission. That means he has full power, total power, complete power. That means that if you have faith in him, it doesn't mean nothing bad is ever going to happen to you, but it means that nothing can ever take you down forever. It means that the possession stuff, it means that uh, things that you face. Now, let me get into something. So, like, uh, I've said before, and I say it a lot, I struggle with depression and anxiety. Uh, there are absolutely people who I've known who uh, also struggle, and they've prayed, and they've prayed out in Jesus' name, they've gone to the altar, and then they've been like a new person. They've like come out, and they've been like completely different, and not, not depressed, and not anxious, and it, it happens. I think it's rare, but it happens. However, I have struggled with this my whole life, and I continue to struggle with this. Uh, this is not a surprise, hopefully, or you're not paying attention at all, but I'm a pastor. I, like, stand up here and talk, and, like, I do this stuff. I know. I do this stuff, and I read the Bible, and I, I pray, and I, I talk about Jesus, and I believe this, and I'm still not healed from it. Now, I believe that's because there's a purpose to it. I believe that it's so I can help other people. I believe it's so I can have understanding, but none of that matters. All that matters is my faith is no different than the people who have, it's no less, no worse, no better than the people who have been delivered from it. There's also people who struggle with addiction their whole lives. And there are people who recognize that addiction, uh, whether it's hereditary or whatever, and, and they deal with it and they struggle with it. And, and it's so hard and they go to therapy and they go to uh, rehab and they go to counseling and they do everything they can. And they still struggle with it. There are also people who have gotten past stuff like that. Uh, and we tend to look at people whether it's addiction or mental health or anything, and like, well, hey, just get over it. Like, just get past it. Just smile. Um, I've had, well, my mom before when I was eating uh, at Cheesecake Factory. Like, there's people all around, and it's kind of freaky. I'm talking like when you're at the, the seats where it's really crowded and not like at a table where you're by yourself, but like there's people on each side of you, and it's just really, it sucks, to be honest. And I was sitting there, and I was just like kind of looking down, focusing on my food, being quiet. Um, although, to be fair, she talks a lot, so it's easy to be quiet. Don't say that if you ever see her. But anyway, uh, although she listens to this, so I'm probably going to get a call later. But 
uh, she was she was like, hey, why are you so quiet? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just feeling anxious. And she's like, well, just don't. <laughs> and, and, you know, you've probably heard that, and some people have said that, and it's like, uh, okay, wow. I always thought that I had to be anxious, but now you said don't, and I'm good. Like, that's, it, that's all that I needed, right? Uh, and so there are things like that, that that it's not that Jesus doesn't have power. It's not that he can't help you because he does help me deal with this. It's just not in the same way that we expect, not in the same way that it always happens. But he does help me day by day to deal with this, to help other people, to to find ways through all of these things. And the same for people who struggle with addiction. Like he helps them as they struggle. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them because they struggle, because they're trying. Because the, by definition, struggle means you're trying. And so when I say he has power over everything, I'm not saying that if you are dealing with something, you're struggling with something, something is going on in your life and you're not healed, you're not past it, you struggle with the same thing, you have the same prayer every night. I'm not saying that you're failing. I'm not saying that you don't have enough faith. I'm not saying that at all. Um, this is a different story. It's something with a demon and it's something that, that happened. But if you're trying, the reason I have always keep fighting back there, up, up back there is for several reasons, but just by trying, you're winning. Just by fighting, you're moving forward. Just by giving it to Jesus, regardless of whether it's healed or delivered right away, you're trying, you're doing it. He's helping you and you're looking for help. Every day that you wake up and you try your best, that's a win. And so it's always important to look at the step by step. It's always important to look at the small victories. It's always important to look at where you are as you're going. And sometimes they're gonna be backward steps. Sometimes part of the progress is going backwards a little bit. Um, uh, Karina recently uh, hurt her foot with, with, and had a boot, like she's a cross-country runner. Hope was just talking about an injury she had, and she's a soccer player. And so in their progress, they're both pretty young. And so they're pretty young in their sports and where they're going. Uh, and in their progress, it probably feels a little bit like, man, this is so slow, or man, this is a step back, or man, I'm just not as good as I used to be. But then once that injury heals, you know, it gets a little better, and then you get stronger. But then somewhere down the line, you may get hurt again. I hope not, but, you know, you may get hurt again. And it's, it's, the point is, being injured in those cases doesn't mean they're no longer a cross-country runner or a soccer player. It just means that they have this moment that they have to go through rehab or, or therapy or work through it or rest or whatever, and then they get back to it. Uh, when you're living for Jesus, when you're trying, when you're doing everything you can to try, uh, having a bad day or messing up or doing something that you know you shouldn't have, that doesn't mean like, oh, you're not a Christian anymore. It just means you have to learn from that and pick yourself up and move forward. And Jesus still works with that. So this guy, he was possessed for a long time before Jesus came. And a lot of people probably tried to help him at the beginning and then gave up on him. Somebody probably went up and be like, have you tried not having demons inside you? And uh, he's probably like, oh, man. But, and then the demon yelled. But anyway, um, the point is, he is with you no matter what you're facing. And so just in this situation, you see that he has that power for us, with us. And it doesn't always look how we think it should look. It doesn't always look how other people think it should look. But it is the way. Your journey when you're following him is the journey you're supposed to be on. Um, and the people that are watching here, again, they have these different expectations and these different uh, superstitions. And so their traditions they're tied to. They're like, this is different. This is what we think. And so Jesus is losing. We go to the next part. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, as there does. Um, Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. Again, permission. 
So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. So you're like, what? why? What was the point? Uh, the entire point of the demon here is just to cause chaos, to cause damage, to hurt people. And so this was kind of, you're like, why did Jesus give up these pigs? Um, I mean, he wanted the, to save the man. But also it was an illustration of like, this is, there's no like, okay, so let me cut a little bit to come back. Uh, I, shockingly, like the show Supernatural. And by like, that's way under what I feel. Like, it's an important part of me. It's an important part of my battle with depression, even. Um, and so, in that, there are things called crossroads deals, where people make deals with demons to get strength, to get this stuff, to get whatever. Because there's like, I can get through this. I can get past this. There's always a price, though. And the price is always the soul. And it's always death. And it's always all this bad stuff. But people always like, it's going to be different for me. Um, Jesus was like, hey, no matter what's promised, like there's no quick fix. Like those things that you get in the email and on Facebook uh, about like, hey, this will get you a diploma in three days. Or hey, this will fix your entire life in a week if you just take this pill or you do this. It's not, there's no quick fixes. You have to work through things. You have to try. And, and so Jesus is like, hey, see, they want chaos. They want destruction. They don't have your best interests at heart. And, and also, they need permission to even get into pigs. So it's like, look, this is what he's trying to teach to everybody and to the man. Um, the herdsmen fled to the nearby town uh, and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Uh, those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Um, so we look at that and we're like, wait a second, wait a second. So Jesus literally like helped this guy that had needed help for months, months and had scared everybody. And people came and literally saw that he was different. They could see that he was cured. They could see that he was better. And the guy that did it, they're like, get out of here. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, how does this make sense? And it goes back to, they expected it to go a different way. Uh, they expected it to be like on, on TV when there's an exorcism or in a movie when there's an exorcism. They expected it. They didn't think that, but you know, pop culture. They expected it to be what they thought. They expected it to be this giant struggle. They expected it to be back and forth. They expected the demon who knew his name to have some power or to do whatever. They expected all of this. And when it came to Jesus being like, hey, get out, and he got out, they're like, that's not what we want. Um, if you're in the church for any amount of time, and I hope that you are, and I mean the capital C church, um, I, I love what I do. I love uh, being here with you guys. I love talking about this. But one of the things that you'll find, not just in the church, but for this example we're talking about, is there are always going to be people that kind of think about, as I said last week, the good old days, or about traditions, or about this is how it's supposed to be. Uh, in your life, you deal with that, not just in the church, but everywhere else. It's like, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how I expect it. And sometimes people get so tied up in that they don't see evidence of Jesus in front of them. They don't see evidence of the truth in front of them. They don't see evidence of what they're supposed to do in front of them. And so there's a little thing that I say sometimes. So I'm going to use Tara. Let's say that Tara wakes up tomorrow and uh, she hears like just clearly Jesus saying, hey, Tara, I want you to have an apple for breakfast. And Tara's like, okay, sure. You mean the fruit, right? Not like the device. And just to make sure you always want to be clear. And so she has an apple for breakfast. And then the next day she wakes up and again she hears Jesus and she knows it's Jesus. It's so clear. And he's like, have an apple for breakfast. So she has it. 
And then where we get that's Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, no, Monday, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, same thing. She gets up, apple for breakfast. And then Thursday, she gets up, she starts to apple, and she's like, well, I want you to have an orange. She's like, I'm already having the apple. That's what we've been doing. Like, that's what people do sometimes. That's what everybody in here has probably done at some point. Uh, and I'm not saying traditions are bad. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is when we get so caught up in what's always happened, when you get so caught up in how things have always got, gone for you, when you get so caught up in how you think things will happen, that you can no longer recognize what's happening in front of you, that you can no longer see Jesus in the moment, that you can no longer live for him and give your life to him as you go, and you're going on the wrong path. And so it's important to look at this story and be like, these people left Jesus, who was the victor. They left Jesus who fought for them. It just didn't look how they wanted, so they didn't like it. And yet, we go to the man. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed uh, begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns uh, of that reason, region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told him. Uh, so this guy was changed. And he's like, Jesus did it. He didn't think, oh man, this didn't go the way I wanted, because he was the one that was healed. He didn't think, man, I thought I wanted more of a fight, or I wanted this, or I wanted that, or I wanted $10 million, or whatever. He's like, Jesus healed me. I'm good. And so he wanted to go with him. And he's like, you know, stay here, rest, but help, uh, help other people. Like, talk to other people. Talk about your story. Talk about who you are. Show love to other people. And so we did. When you are personally affected, it's always kind of easier to... to get it. But it's also possible either way to just understand that we are here to, to love God, yes, but to love others also and to live our lives like that regardless of what we face. And sometimes you're going to face things that are hard and sometimes you're going to face things that are big and sometimes you're going to face things that seemingly defeat you at least for a time. Maybe you have to change a major or get a new job or you break up or whatever. But as long as you keep waking up and going forward, as long as you keep trying, as long as you keep fighting, as long as you keep living for him, as long as you keep recognizing the moment. And don't get so caught up in, well, this is how it happened last time. This is how it's going to happen this time. And I get that that's hard. But as long as you wake up each day and you're like, God, how can I do better? What can I do to help other people? What can I do to, to be better? What can I do to be an example? And then you just do your best. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. You do your best. You're not going to be perfect. But you do your best, and you try, and, and you follow Him, and you love Him, and then you show that love to everyone you meet. That's all I got.